We're super excited to announce a partnership with a new company called Creepy Crate. They're a mail subscription service, and they mail you boxes every other month. Inside these boxes are true crime goodies, horror movie collectibles, and other items that are exclusive to Creepy Crate that you can't find anywhere else. It's super awesome, and it's a really great gift for yourself or that true crime fan in your life. If you use our promo code GODDAMN at their website, creepycrate.store, you'll receive $5 off your subscription. And they've been kind enough to give us a box to give away to one of our listeners. So if you leave us a review on iTunes, you'll be automatically entered to win the Creepy Crate. Don't worry, if you already reviewed us, you're already in the drawing. If you don't have an Apple device, you can create an iTunes account on your desktop and review us from there. You have until November 30th to leave the review to be entered to win, and we'll announce a winner on December 2nd. May the odds be ever in your favor. Are the mics hot? Mike's a hat. Mike's a hat. Quiet on the set, Mike's a hat. Quiet on the set, Mike's a hat. <laughs> <laughs> I say goddamn. I say goddamn. Oh, guess what? What? This is our 10th episode. <gasps> it is our 10th episode. Do you know what that means? What does that mean? We did something for 10 times in a row. <laughs> <laughs> Which is unusual for us. <laughs> it's very impressive. Also, uh, they say it takes 14 times to form a habit. So I think we still have four more to prove ourselves. I don't think that's the case for things like meth and heroin. Okay, true. <laughs> feel like one time. It takes 14 times to die. <laughs> <laughs> for yeah. sure to die. <laughs> well, you know. You never probably. know. I'm, anyway. I'm just speculating here. I've never done meth or heroin. So. Yeah, me either. Yeah. I prefer not to. <laughs> yeah, you know, it's not my it's not my cup of tea. No, 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 no. So what have, what's your goddamn for this week, Erin? Oh, fuck. She didn't think of a goddamn. Every <laughs> I time. Totally this had one earlier. Two, this has been two <gasps> weeks. Okay. okay. No, no, no. No, I have one. Okay, I'm ready. But it's not about me. <sighs> I know. It's not um, always about you. It's just something that I learned today that I was like, what the fuck? But Ooh. it was like, goddamn. I'm excited. Did you know that in Arizona, sex offenders can be subject to something called a PPG? Uh, what? Um, it's called a PPG. Uh-huh. The first word is penile. I'm not sure what oh. the other ones are, <laughs> but I assume it's like penile polygraph. Because <laughs> you read penile and giggled, and then your no, brain went somewhere else. I heard it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah, that's what happened. Um, it's it's a it's a ring that they put around your hoo-ha, <gasps> but not your hoo-ha, your man hoo-ha. <laughs> what? And they show you, like, dirty pictures. <gasps> To see if you get, Why? like, a chub to see if you're rehabilitated or not as Wait, a sex offender. Like, like, dirty pictures as in, like, things that you should not be into, yeah, like, like, necrophilia? Yeah, if it's a pedophile, they would <gasps> show them pictures of kids and see if they got a chub. How do they... What the What does the ring do? It measures, um... The chub? <laughs> yeah, it measures pressure. It puts it around it, and then it measures pressure. That's... So, like, if you start to get aroused aroused and that'll happen was he aroused <laughs> well this thing would tell you <laughs> i guess they don't do it to all of the sex offenders but like that's a thing that could that you could be like court mandated to do in i could not <laughs> no you couldn't <laughs> that's so fucking weird yeah <laughs> i mean i guess that's better than is it better than just like standing in front of somebody with your trousers down I, I was going to say drop trow and then went with trousers. <laughs> I feel like it's essentially the same thing. But do they just put the, like, go install this ring on your own PP? No, they show them the pictures because, like, these people aren't allowed to have porn. Well, yeah. Okay, so here's, I'm thinking of the logistics of getting the thing on your dick. Uh-huh. Like, is it like, here's the ring, go put it on. Or is it like, here's the ring, I'm going to put it on? I think it's an I'm going to put it on situation. Or maybe like you put it on, but like I'm going to be in the room and watch you. But then I'm thinking they like pull their pants up again and then they're like, look at this picture of this Maybe. I don't think that I would get a chub in a room full of like people, like court people. Like, is he... Is he aroused? <laughs> was he aroused? I'm going to do that every time. <laughs> you can't say that word. Uh, aroused? That's the one that gets you every time? Yes. Was yes. he turned on? Ew. I mean, you yeah. know, does he have a boner? Like, I feel like... Boner. Boner. I feel like there's a time and a place For a to boner? get an arousal. <laughs> For a boner. And, and in a room full of other people... Checking to see if you have a boner wouldn't be the place. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Does this turn you on? Yeah. Uh, I feel like you could, like, you, I know your body betrays you sometimes, but I feel like you could you could hold that one back. 
Yeah, maybe. So do you think they, like, set them up, like, put the ring on their dick, and then they just leave them in a room full of plethora of porno? And, they just... and then they're like, fuck, I caught you. <laughs> <laughs> but it has to be, the, like, the bad kind, because, like, you're still allowed to get aroused well, maybe a sex they, offender. Maybe they put their pre- their preferred kind, you Yeah, know? just a room full of fucking child porn or something. Oops, left this here. <laughs> <laughs> First of all, those people need to be arrested. Yeah, they That's need some to have weird psycho torture. off. Well, goddamn, that's interesting. Yeah, I thought so, too. Hmm. What's your goddamn, Stacey? Well, it's going to be a little outdated since we record two weeks in advance, but mine's in relation to Halloween, and it is because I took my son out Mm trick-or-treating this year, and he had a fucking blast, and it was so fun, but I'm bummed because I never realized that, like, no one on my fucking street hands out candy. What the hell's up with that? Really? Yeah. We had to walk all the way down to the very end of the street, and my street's kind of long, which isn't, like, that big of a deal. But even then, like, five of the houses had their lights on. The first five houses we went to all had their lights on. And we knocked on the door. And they didn't answer the door. And you could hear people on the other side. And I'm like, don't you fucking know the rules to Halloween? Yeah. You, you gotta turn your light, light off. off. Were you yeah. after dark or, like? Was yeah. It, it was, like, off? right at dark. What? Yeah. So I was like, buh fucking humbug. These people suck. And I told my husband, Lee, I told him, next year we're decking out the goddamn house. And we're going to be the coolest fucking Halloween house on the block. And we're getting the big candy. And I'm going to fucking give handfuls of that shit away to the kids and i'm gonna look them in the eyes and i'm gonna tell them you tell your friends i'm here <laughs> <laughs> yeah you tell your friends where you got that yeah and then i want all- it yeah look at that try to carry that back in your fucking pillowcase <laughs> full-size snickers <laughs> <laughs> pal right in the kisser <laughs> and then i hope that all my neighbors feel shame because we're so awesome yeah and that they feel obligated to partake One of my coworkers who lives near you Mm -hmm. over there on one of those streets, he said he got 200 trick-or-treaters. God damn. I think I'm just on the outskirts. Yeah. Because we're not like a really good street other than there's a little bit of an incline, but that little bit of an incline is long, so it's tiresome. Listen. But yeah, it, we be... walked that when I was pregnant, and I yeah. about shit myself a baby. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I walk that shit regularly, and it's still hard for me. But it would be worth it if everybody participated, because you would yeah. hit up so many homes, and there's so many cul-de-sacs off of it. Yeah. But then it was just, like, sprinkled. As we got further down, more people were doing it, you know? So we'd go into a cul-de-sac, and, like, two of the houses were doing it, and they were, like, yelling down the street, like, send more kids this way, because they want to have... They want to hand out candy. Yeah, that's that's what they're looking for. Yeah, so I'm going to make this a thing in my neighborhood. So check back in a couple years. All right. <laughs> See if my plan worked. All right, you guys are going to be like the candy cane lane for Halloween. Yeah. Yeah, fucking bah humbug neighborhood. Get out of here. Is your neighbor's house still for sale? I'll get in on that. Oh, I they're all popping up around me. They're like flipping them around. Oh, really? Left and right. Mm-hmm. Nice. Yeah, you should come and then we'll like... You between, should come. Just come. Go ahead. Come my house. Come live here. <laughs> and between your house and my house, we'll just fucking take over the neighborhood. I like it. Can we okay. stretch spider webs across the street? Yep. Okay. As long as that's acceptable. <laughs> Giant spiders in the street. Cars are like, cars. what the fuck? <laughs> anyway, that's my goddamn. That's a good goddamn. Thanks. Do I go first? Um, <laughs> I don't know why you still trust me with that information. <laughs> it's because I know I go first because you went first last time. Touche. Touche. Yep. Hey, too shit. Okay, I have to tell you. Uh huh. I'm really excited to tell you my case. I'm really excited as well because you've been pumped about it for like two days now. I don't know why I read this, and I mean, not and to thought Erin. <laughs> <laughs> she needs to know this. Well, I think that about every case. I'm like always super excited about them, but for some reason, this one has stuck in my head, and I keep thinking about it. Hmm. It's like one of those where you like keep thinking about it like in an I'm fucked up a horrible can't sleep way or no, no, keep no. thinking about no. it like but like what yeah but like what well I'm super excited to hear it I'm so super excited to tell you okay so today's story is about the death of Deborah Ann Wolf all right okay so December twenty fifth nineteen eighty five in Fayetteville North Carolina. Debbie Wolf, who was a nurse at the Veterans Hospital, she leaves work that afternoon to presumably head home to her small cabin that's in the middle of nowhere. Oh. Yeah. It's like pretty off the beaten path. It's 100 yards from the main road. So kind of in the middle of nowhere. All right. Ish. Mm-hmm. In North Carolina, I imagine it's rather woodsy. Yeah. All by herself. Ooh. December 26th, her family become concerned when she doesn't show up for work the next morning. Her family's concerned when she doesn't show up for work? Well, her coworkers too. But, like, I guess her coworkers are like, shit, where's Debbie? The family wasn't concerned when she didn't, like, I don't know, call him on fucking Christmas? Oh, okay. I guess I should explain. So it's like a nurse shift, right? They're all fucking weird and shit. Mm-hmm. So 
She, like, spent Christmas morning with her family and then went to work. Oh, okay. Got it. Yeah. And then she went home. And then on December 26th, she was supposed to go into work again at 8 o'clock in the morning. And her coworkers called the family. And they were like, yo, where's Debbie? She's not here. And she never misses work. And her family's like, that's weird. She should be at work. Hmm. All right. Yep. I'm with you so far. So her mom calls her house and she's not picking up. And so she gets concerned. And she's like, I'm going to go over there and check on her. And before she leaves to go check on her, she calls one of their family friends and says, hey, meet me at Debbie's house. I'm concerned she's not answering her phone, so I want help trying to track her down. Mm -hmm. So they both arrive at her house, and they immediately become alarmed because in the front yard there are beer cans scattered all over it. And then Debbie's two dogs, their names are Mason and Morgan, were running loose in the front yard, and they hadn't been fed or anything, and her car was parked in an unusual spot for her. So all of this is weird because Debbie was super meticulous and clean. So she wouldn't have let beer cans be all over the front yard. Like she kept it very nice. Yeah. And she cared for her dogs a lot. She wouldn't let them just like run around unattended and she would never let them go without eating. How do they know that the dogs didn't eat though? I'm assuming that they were like, oh my God, hey, I'm so happy you're here. And then they like opened the door. And then when they were inside, they were like, my fucking food dish, you know? And then she's like, oh shit, they haven't eaten. I mean, it didn't explain that, but that's my assumption. Yeah, because if you ask either one of my dogs if they're hungry, they're (laughs) like, fuck yeah. And Carl will go kick his food dish like this one. (laughs) Yeah, maybe there was like some ritual or something that she always did that the family was aware of and they didn't see it. Like, oh, the food dish was up on the counter Mm. and not on the ground. I don't know. Yeah, yeah, I got you. But something tipped him off to know that the dogs hadn't been fed. Poor puppies. Yeah. That's so sad, right? Yeah. But they're alive. So Yeah, they're totally fine. They're just one day hungry. <laughs> yeah. Also, she had she never misses a day of work. She would always if she was sick or anything, she would obviously always call in and she was a very predictable person. Yeah, she was always accounted for. So exactly. So they knew that something was wrong. Immediately mm-hmm. they knew something was wrong. They go into Debbie's house and they find her nurse uniform is in the middle of the kitchen on the floor like she had taken her clothes off there and her personal items are just like scattered all about oh i don't like this i know i don't know what the personal items are i imagine like her lanyard and her keys that's a good phone or something like that or like something that you might have on you like yeah if you're working like a pen personal like that kind of thing something you might have on you yeah so all that was scattered about. And again, like I said, she was very meticulous and everything. She would never have left her house a mess. And what was missing, though, was her purse. So they go searching through the house for her purse and they find it and they find it shoved under her bed. And that's not where she normally kept it. Yeah, that'd be weird. <laughs> yeah. Actually, I also said this might just be worth noting that it wasn't under her bed. It was between... Like, she had a water bed, and it was between, like, the water bed bladder and the, like, wood frame of the bed. Like, they had shoved it in there to hide it or something. Hmm. But I don't know which is true. It could have Either fallen way. in there, too. Like, if a heavy person's on it, sometimes the bladder thing oh, would peel back. And yeah. then if it was, like, pushed down to the side, and then they get up, and it would, like, cover it. That's a really good observation. Yeah. I don't know which is true. I don't know if she had a water bed or what. It's one of those cases that there's so many different articles online that you get kind of a different story Oh, wherever you look. I don't have the official police report talking about where the purse is. And I'll tell you why. All right. (laughs) (laughs) So then the mom, her mom, Debbie's mom, her name is Jenny, by the way. I should have mentioned that earlier. But Jenny decides to check out Debbie's answering machine because she notices that there's a message on it. And she's thinking maybe this will give her a clue to where her daughter is. Or her, like, where, like, her actions for the day or something. Just give her a clue. Yeah. So she finds a message from earlier in the day that was recorded from a volunteer that she worked with at the hospital. And in this message, he was asking if Debbie was okay and he was concerned because she had missed days of work. And this was alarming to Jenny because she knows that her daughter was at work on Christmas Day the day before and she hadn't missed days. And at the point, at this point... In the recording, like the time that the guy had called to leave the message, she had only been out of work for hours, like missing from work for hours, not days. Yeah. So it was kind of weird and suspicious. But And she didn't know who the guy was. Like she didn't recognize his voice. Uh, Obviously, I'm saying it's a volunteer. But at the time, she was listening and was like, who the fuck is this guy? Yeah. What's Did, going on? So here? the people at the hospital knew who he was then. Yeah. Right? Okay, yeah. good. Okay, so Jenny and the family friend began looking outside the cabin and in her, on her property, she had a pond, and they go looking around the pond and everything, and they don't find anything. They can't find where the hell she's at. So they call the cops, and they're like, hey, my daughter's missing. 
I'm concerned. Here are the reasons. So the cops arrive, and Captain Jack Watts responds. Oh, Captain Jack. <laughs> Watts. <Dang. laughs> Not Sparrow. <laughs> responds to the call, and he looks around, and they don't find anything new or different or anything. And he says, we can't open a missing persons case until she's been missing for three days. That's so fucking stupid. Isn't it? I, I mean that. And this is an 85 again, too. Yeah. So, five days pass, not three. Oh, my God. And they finally open an investigation to figure out where Debbie Wolf is. Five days is too many days. So many days. Whatever happened in 48 hours? There's a whole show about that. Well, this is 85. <laughs> yeah, They didn't well, know about 48 hours yet. Listen. So, they launch the investigation, and nothing much comes of it. Yeah, because he waited five fucking days. Yeah, they can't find anything, and they're doing, like, a shitty job searching. I guess, like, no one had searched the pond or anything. And the Captain Watts later explains, like, oh, I thought that Jenny, the mom, had searched it the day that her daughter was missing. And she's like, I don't have the fucking steady hands or the equipment to pull <laughs> off that procedure. Like, what the fuck do you think? I, like, what are you I thinking? I didn't bring out my backhoe and try yeah. to drag in the fucking pond. Yeah. So they never searched the lake. The police never searched the lake. And on... January 1st, so like what is that, a week or two later, Jenny gets fed up and she hires her own two divers to search the lake. Mm -hmm. I keep saying lake, it was a pond for sure. <laughs> it wasn't a lake. <laughs> mm -hmm. So January 1st, 1986, two experienced rescue divers and recovery divers enter the pond and within two minutes they find something suspicious. Mm -hmm. What they believe to be two sets of footprints and a drag mark in the thick mud at the bottom of the pond. And so they follow it inwards and that's where they find Debbie's body. Oh. She was found inside what looked to be a burn barrel. It was a 55-gallon rusty oil drum with a bunch of holes in it. And she was 30 feet from the bank in five and a half feet of water. So really not that deep. Yeah, but 30 feet's pretty far. Well, oh yeah, from like the bank or whatever. Like she's probably in the middle of the pond, Yeah, I would yeah. imagine. God, that's awful. Yeah. But not that deep of water, like five and a half feet. I mean, you can... I'm not even five and a half feet. Yeah, that's true. Like, you could stand on it. But you could, like, doggy pedal and, like, bounce yourself back up to get air or something if you were struggling, let's say. Yeah. From drowning on your own. Like, if you were going for a swim and started to struggle. Well, anyway. stand. Let's get into that. <laughs> <laughs> I could just stand. I guess I couldn't. But, like, yeah. a normal-sized human Yeah, could. but you could, like... Like what I was saying, you could like sink to the bottom and pop back up for breath. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I guess depending on your situation, but. So when they found her, when the divers found her, Debbie's eyes and mouth were shut and her body was relaxed as if she was sleeping. That's worth noting for future. Okay. So they called the cops and they're like, uh, we found her. She's dead in this pond. And they, the cops come and they help pull out Debbie's body and they identify her as Debbie. And so, voila. So they the cops her. have solved the crime. Yeah. <laughs> Closed case. Congratulations. Yeah. So they perform an autopsy the next day, and they found no drugs or alcohol in her system, and the manner of death was undetermined. Why? And the medical examiner couldn't determine if the death was an accident or a homicide. Because typically, drowning victims have a white, frothy, or foamy substance in their airways when they drown. Yeah. It's either in their airways or coming out of their mouth or something, and she didn't have any of this. So the autopsy deter couldn't determine that she had died by drowning. Oh. And this foam and froth is also a really good indicator if the victim was alive when they were submerged. Mm-hmm. So likely she wasn't alive when she was put in the water. Mm-hmm. So she probably didn't drown the autopsy only found half a teaspoon of water in her airways and in her lungs suggesting further that she didn't die from drowning mm -hmm. uh, also typically when someone drowns they're found with their eyes wide open and their mouth open and their arms out like they're flailing or struggling and like i had said earlier she was found relaxed with her eyes shut so everything is pointing to Not she drowning. was placed out there yeah. yeah oh another interesting thing from the autopsy is that they found abrasions on her hands that could suggest defensive wounds. Mm -hmm. So the county sheriff's office immediately denied the murder theory. Everybody is like, for sure, this is murder. Why do all of the police in all of your stories I don't know. go suicide? She went into the barrel herself. Like, <laughs> You're going to love this one because it gets even better. Oh, God damn it. 
Uh, okay, so they deny her family's like, okay, help find the guy who murdered her, and yeah. they're like, no, 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 it wasn't a murder. What we think happened is that she drowned by accident, and Captain Watts suggests that since her dogs were loose in the yard, she must have been playing with him. Maybe she was drinking the beer that was on the ground, whatever. And somehow she ended up in the pond, like the dog had jumped in or she something. She go for a fucking barrel ride. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Like, maybe her dog jumped in the pond or something while they were playing fetch or some shit. And so she goes in, and the cold water disoriented her. Or so she, she got into a barrel? What? Yeah. I don't <laughs> like, know. this part is not... Wait. Okay. I'm telling you to wait. Okay, so she, another thing is, like, she could have suffered from immersion syndrome and drowned, which immersion syndrome is... A cold injury caused by prolonged and repetitive exposure to cold temperatures. So like your hands and your feet and your fingers and your arms and your legs, they get really, really cold and they blister. Ooh. Okay. Were her arms and her feet and shit blistered? Fucking no. Okay. Well, fucking theory gone. Yeah. The autopsy didn't find any blistering and she had clothing and shoes on. Mm-hmm. All right, Captain Jack, you're not doing so good right now. Yeah. Captain Watts also denies that Debbie was found in a barrel. This is why I wanted you to fucking hold your goddamn horses. Denies it? Oh, my God. Does he denies he think, that there was a barrel at all. Does he think that the fucking mom put her in the barrel? No. He instead explains that perhaps what the divers saw wasn't a barrel at all, but instead it was her jacket, which had like could have ballooned up around her in the water to make it look as if she were in a barrel. Didn't they pull her out? Yeah, the divers were like, no, 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 no. We about saw the her. Barrel part? We pulled her out and there was a barrel and there was a barrel on the bank and everybody remembers seeing the barrel there. Captain Jack Sparrow Watts is the only <laughs> one who's denying seeing this barrel. Well, maybe not the only one, mm-hmm. but he denies that there was a barrel at all. The mom remembers seeing the barrel. The divers remember it. And even a police officer, another police officer is like, oh, there was a barrel there. What the fuck? Isn't that weird? So it's the, not weird. It's fucking irresponsible. It's, yeah, it's super fucked up. You're right. It is very irresponsible. So I guess the whole thing behind the barrel is they, like, pulled it out, and then the next day it was either supposed to be collected for evidence or something, which I can't imagine you would just leave that out, or her parents had just come back to the site the next day and noticed that the barrel was missing and was, like, asking about the barrel, and then that's when Captain Watts was like, there was never a barrel. <gasps> so it was the Captain next day. Jack did it. <sighs> Maybe. Or he knows who did. It was his son, you know, son of the captain. Oh, he's covering up. like that Catholic girl syndrome. It's covering up. Yeah. So Debbie's mom, Jenny, was like, no, fuck you. I know there was a barrel there. And in fact, that barrel looks very similar to the one that she keeps next to her cabin for firewood. And so she walked over to that spot and the barrel was missing. And there was an indentation in the ground where the fucking barrel had been. Oh, my God. And he still denied there was a fucking barrel. So, long story short, the police are positive that this is an accident. They refuse to look at it like a murder. And Debbie's family is like, no, no, no. None of this shit adds up. It's for sure a murder. Fuck you. So, a couple months later, two months later, Jenny, Debbie's mom, receives the clothing from that was found on Debbie from the autopsy. Mm-hmm. Like, she finally gets to see the clothing now. They, like, send it back to her. Because it's not, like, an open investigation, I guess. So they're just like, here's the yeah. fucking clothes. This is an evidence. Here it you go. It was an accident. And she was surprised by what she found because... They're fucking stab wounds or something. <laughs> oh, God. Can you imagine? No. The brown corduroy pants that she were was wearing were too big and long, and they were unzipped. I don't know how she knows they were unzipped. Maybe she got some pictures or some shit. But that's odd, right? That they're yeah. too big. Her... Her bra size was a 34B, but the bra that they returned with her was a 38C. Hmm. That's too big. That's too big. Oh, yeah. I should explain for all the male listeners. She had a small, she wears a smaller bra size and she was in a bigger bra size. Yeah. But I mean, like, even if you were like, ah, this is the only one I have, like 34 to a 38, you're going to be, you're going to be in having a hard time. As somebody with little itty bitty titties going from like, to say this. <laughs> going from like a B to a C is too big. That's true too. <laughs> fucking gaping. <laughs> Gross. Anyway. Okay. So also the shoes that she w- was wearing were a men's six. So obviously they weren't her cause it, hers because they were a men's, but also a men's six was like three sizes too large for her. Mm-hmm. Also, her shoes had no mud on them, which further confirmed that... She wasn't running around the bank. Exactly. Although you are like dunked in the water, but the water is a pond. It's still, it's not like You still would around. have like muck on your shoes though. Yeah. Yeah. Also, brown corduroy pants. I don't care if it was the 80s. 
Yeah, you're not wearing that with, wait till I tell you the rest of the outfit. Okay. <laughs> uh, fashion police. <laughs> layers on layers. No fucking joke. So she was wearing a jacket, and the jacket was a new regulation army field jacket, and it didn't have any name tags or any way to ID the owner. And no one in Debbie's family or her boyfriend or anyone close to her could recognize the jacket. They were like, this isn't my shit. Okay, but also... Okay, continue. But I have things to say about dressing a fucking person after. So the final article of clothing was a black t-shirt with a Pittsburgh Steelers logo on it. And again, no one in her family knew where that shirt came from. It wasn't hers. She had never worn it before. It wasn't her brother's. It wasn't her boyfriend's. So everything on her person's when she was found wasn't hers. That's fucked up. Uh, yeah. Super fucking weird. So obviously... We know that this was a homicide, but, yeah, but now get into the mindset of said uh, homicidians. Okay, yeah. Who's fucking dressed? Like, who's dressing this body? Was it after they killed her or before? Were they like, where are these clothes? And then we're gonna kill you? Or were like, was she dead? And they were like, ha ha ha, this will be funny. Let's put her in this. All I can think of is like one of your past stories where the guy kept the corpses and like laid them on top of him and shit. Mm. And I'm just thinking like maybe, obviously they didn't have a lot of time with her. They had like maybe a 24 hour, not even a 24 hour window. They probably had like a 12 hour window and maybe they killed her and dressed her or maybe made her undress and then dressed in these clothings and somehow killed her. (gasps) But that's all I'm thinking of is like the body prep after the death, like the weird things that happen i figured with the beer cans and the odd clothing and stuff that it's kind of like prankish like a lot of people like a party like a i don't know like an unruly motorcycle gang comes over and takes over your house for like but like the house wasn't trashed yeah if it wasn't trashed that's different (laughs) well we can get into these theories at the end okay so obviously the family's certain that she was murdered but the police ignore the concerns even further a few days later Debbie's stepfather goes back into the cabin to, like, look around to see if he can figure anything out. And he finds the nurse uniform still lying in the kitchen. Because, again, they're not treating this like a homicide. None of the shit is, like, fucking exhibit A. Yeah, exactly. So he finds her nurse's uniform on the kitchen floor. It was a white short sleeve nurse uniform. However, a co-worker confirmed that that had not been her uniform from the night before. That she was wearing a long sleeve uniform and he remembers because she spilled coffee on the sleeve. Mm. So maybe it was like planted there or something. Which is weird, right? Okay. It just all adds to the mystery of it all. Then there's that odd message on the phone, right? Yeah. By the man that claiming she missed like a few days of work. Yeah. Did the police at least look into this? They did. They talked to him. Oh, good. They figured out that he was a volunteer at the hospital that worked with Debbie, and he was an, an admirer of her. Of fucking course he was. Yep. And he had pursued her, and she had openly rejected him and said that they would just be friends. Mm-hmm. And they were friendly and everything, but, like, everybody knew that he had a crush on her, and everybody knew that she was not interested. Mm-hmm. He was interviewed and had an alibi for the night, so they didn't suspect him any further. And get this fucking shit. Yep. Soon after the interview, he left the state of North Carolina, and his, whereabout, his whereabouts are unknown. Oh, Oh my God. Fucking shady. What the fuck, right? Yeah. She actually had a couple of admirers there. Admirers. What a gal. Yeah. But, I mean, so I guess there could be a couple of those people, but he's the only one that called leaving that fucking weird-ass message. Yeah, he called leaving a weird message and to leave right after is super suspicious. Uh, Shady as hell. So the investigators claim they interviewed a lot of people at the hospital and found no one to indicate that they had any reason to harm Debbie. So, this is where you're going to hate me. Oh, my God. Because this is basically where the case ends. This is it? Well, recently there's been a new discovery in the case. It's Uh been cold this whole time. Like, it's not even a cold case. It's not even an open case. It's like, she died by accident and her family's like, nah, fuck you. Yeah. This wasn't an accident. So, recently there was a new discovery in the case by Dr. Godwin from Case Files. That there was semen present in the vaginal cavity. (gasps) And now that DNA profiling is available they could do a swab if she was raped or there are swabs there were swabs done yeah and if she were raped we could potentially find who did it on dna are they running the dna to see if it matches with anyone in the fucking criminal database well there's a new private investigation that is ongoing to retrieve the cotton swabs to try to get the profile but i also heard and read in another article that the cotton swabs were lost, so I don't know if they're no. trying to find them or 
if it's that they just have to try to get privileges to them, I'm not really sure. Well, hopefully it's just privileges because I've heard too many fucking times in all of these cases that I'm reading and shit that are like, oh, and then all of the evidence was damaged or lost or whatever, like misplaced. Oh, they moved. So everything was lost. What? Yeah. How is this not fucking taken care of? I know. It's so, it's so frustrating. Also with this whole thing, if I were the family, I'm sure they knew that there was, like, semen present, and she did have a boyfriend, so that might not be that odd, but I'd be questioning it. And I know they didn't have DNA, but still, it'd be like, well, was it rape? Does she have any other signs of rape? Like, yeah. what can you tell yeah. me about her death? Does she have any bruising on her neck? Oh, get this. Okay, so I read a lot of shit on this. This happens when I, like, in- dig too deep. Yeah. But also, they were saying that her body wasn't bloated when they found her in the water, like, a week and a half later so it suggests that she had been put there within the last like day or two but she hadn't been in the water the whole time and they had walked the pond before and didn't see any didn't notice anything you yeah. know like i feel like you might notice footprints if that's what you're looking well, for but, like why would you put the body back on the property where you committed a crime well maybe it's like they've already searched there so they're not going to search oh. there again i don't know that's fucking creepy as hell but I was kind of thinking, like, what if that guy... So the 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 whole idea behind... Well, not idea, but the whole theory is that she went to work and then she was supposed to go home, right? Like, we don't know what happened to her after her shift ended. Yeah. Till the next morning around, let's say, 11-ish, her mom shows up at the house. Yeah. Okay, but here's the thing. So, like, that volunteer guy, if it was him, let's just... I fucking think he's suspicious as shit. And that I'm is pretty suspicious. much... In, convinced it's him what if he like attacked her on her way to her car or something and then gets her inside and maybe the whole like i don't know if he undresses her or does things to her or like there was a struggle i kind of like the idea that you were saying if it's a waterbed and the purse fell in between maybe he was like trying to rape her or something and that was how the purse ended up between yeah shoved between the side yeah and then he maybe I don't know, gets too rough with her or poisons her or something that kills her and then does weird fucking shit and dresses her up. But he would have had to plan for that to, like, bring the clothes. Or he could have put her in his clothes. Yeah, that's true. Like, he might not have worn anything afterward. Or they could have been clothes in his car or they could have been, like, I mean, I have clothes in my car. Uh, fucking I don't. I could probably dress a whole person (laughs) if you tried (laughs) and it would look an awful lot like that. Yeah, I don't know where he would get a bra. Also, I said it earlier at the very beginning, and I forgot about it even, but her car had been misplaced, like not in the same spot that she had normally parked it, which suggests that somebody else was driving it, right? Oh, yeah. Or that she parked it in a hurry or something, maybe. Oh, what if her dogs were out and she was like, what the fuck? Oh, and somebody was waiting? Yeah. And she's like, where are all these beer cans from? Or like if her dogs were out and then I would park my car like, oh my God, like just stop in the middle of my driveway and be like, what the fuck? And then get my dogs. And then if she got attacked then. Yeah. But what's so weird is like she doesn't have attack marks other than like the abrasions on her hands, you know? Yeah. Or that we know of because. Well, they didn't find like strangulation. Like it wasn't strangulation. Yeah. Like the water doesn't wash bruising away. Yeah, but they also didn't tell her anything about the clothes or whatever. Like, what if the autopsy people are holding shit back? Oh, maybe. Yeah, that'd be shady. But he seemed, the autopsy, the medical examiner is like, no, 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 this isn't drowning. Like, he wasn't going along with what the police were saying. Oh, that's good. The police were just, like, fucking denying it. They're like, no, she drowned. It was an accident. That's so stupid. I know. Isn't it frustrating? So wouldn't that be really cool if we heard soon that, yeah, like, they match something and they break the case? And then also, why is he denying the barrel? Like, you can't make that up. You can't be like, it was her jacket. Yeah. And the diver is like, I think he even said it was like a blue rusted barrel. Yeah. Like, well, but like, why? What I don't do know. What do you have to gain from that? Other than he fucked up and didn't take it with him as evidence or something. So and he's now like, it's missing. And so he's just like, there. nope. No, not gonna no, that deny anything wrong that's so frustrating and they you can look online and they even have pictures of like the indentation and the pond and you can see like a picture of her foot in mm. the water with the shoe on they don't show anything else but it looks like a thrown together outfit and it was cold right it's december in north carolina so you wouldn't be wearing fucking men's sandals they're like the nike strap sandals oh and slides. she's like socks on what they're called slides oh that makes sense you're welcome (laughs) today you learned (laughs) i learned again i learned many things today (laughs) okay aaron give me your 
My story? Story. I was going to say case, but I don't know if it's a case. Maybe it's not a case. I mean. It's always a case. It's it's usually a case. It's always a case. This is a case. <laughs> <laughs> Great segue. You're welcome. <laughs> this is the Rampart Street Murder House, which you may have heard of before. Ooh. Not I... ringing any bells yet. Oh, all right. It's also known as the Katrina Cannibal. <gasps> Nothing? No? No. Okay. <laughs> oh, my God. I'm very interested, though. Is it in, in New Orleans? Orleans? Yes, it is in New I Orleans. I knew it was. <laughs> Did you know that from Katrina? Or? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but now I'm, like, my mind's going crazy. You got to tell me the story right now. Oh, okay. Because I'm thinking of, like, rotting bodies from Katrina and then somebody running around and eating them. Gross. No. <laughs> this is that. worse. <laughs> um, I was, like, getting into this and I got all excited about it. And then I realized, like, halfway through that I had definitely heard it before. Oh. But... <laughs> Uh, Tricked yourself. Yeah, I did. But either way, it's a it's an exciting one. I'm excited. Okay, so this is the case of a 28 year old California native, actually. Ooh, hometown scary. His name was Zach Bowen. Of course, he lived in California, and his name was Zach. Right. He lived in New Orleans. He was a bartender in the French Quarter. So Ooh, that's like got to be a fun job, right? Yeah, so, so fun. He was recently separated from his wife, who happened to be a stripper. hey Her name was Lana Schupack. Just a little fun fact. Yeah, a little fun fact. Not at all relevant. Other what than was her stage name? Cinnamon? Apple Cheeks? I don't know. I would imagine it's probably Chandelier. I don't Chandelier. know. Chandelier. <laughs> Nailed it. <laughs> like Cinnamon. Yeah, for sure it's Cinnamon. <laughs> Tootsie Pop. What Spank would your home. stage name be? <laughs> Oh, I don't know. I feel like it'd be Gunslinger. Oh, Gunslinger. <laughs> to the stage, Gunslinger. I feel like that would lose some crowd. <laughs> but your real name would be Marge. Hey, Marge, get out of here. Okay. Uh, okay, anyway. <laughs> he has a new girlfriend at this point named mm-hmm. Addie Hall, and she was also a bartender. Hurricane Katrina hits, and... They were evacuating everyone in their, like, area and the whole French Quarter and their neighborhood and stuff. And uh-huh. they were like, nope, fuck that. We're staying. <sighs> God, people who do this. Yeah, this isn't the I smartest know. thing you could do. Yeah. Get the fuck out. Yeah. I don't know. I- I- I'd go. But they uh, refused to evacuate. They moved in with each other, obviously, so they could, like, live together through this shit. Oh, they, for this special event? Yeah, this special event. They were portrayed in the news <laughs> as hopeless romantics. Oh. Because they, you know, stayed together through thick and thin and water Listen, and if you cannot live with somebody in everyday life, you shouldn't live through so- with somebody Oops. through, like, a traumatic event. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure that they had plans to move in with each other also. I'm sure it was also out of necessity. I was just trying to make a joke about how living together is hard. Oh, that's true. But listen, if you can make it through Katrina, you can make it through anything. Yeah, I guess that's one way of looking at it. <laughs> that's like the first hurdle in your relationship. <laughs> <laughs> survive this natural disaster (laughs) so obviously they had no electricity or fresh water and they had a makeshift stove and they would barter with the other people that had stayed in the neighborhood for goods and supplies and shit and that was it they just kind of made their little living there after katrina hit and everything yeah like Like while during katrina and all that yeah got it um they were known for mixing cocktails for the other holdouts and survivors oh it's a little fucking party over there yeah and the Red Cross workers and stuff. And Addie was known for flashing them titties at police officers. Oh, hey, oh, they were just a fun little couple, huh? Yeah, they were just having a good time. Flashing them titties. Yeah. The city came back to life around them. Like, everybody started moving back in and stuff. But, you know, they stayed together. They stayed living together and everything. Mm-hmm. They frequently argued. They had shouting matches and would break up. But everyone around them was like, yeah, that's what they do. That's them. That's Everybody fine. has that friend in their life. Yeah. Yeah. Or that's their relationship. And you're just like, that's toxic. (laughs) Yeah. That's just what they do. They'll be fine in the morning. Yeah. Addie was usually the aggressive one. She would accuse Zach of cheating. And apparently she was kind of an angry drunk. Uh Uh-oh. Not a good mix. Yep. They both drank constantly. And Addie stopped going to work and would just drink. And when he'd come home, she'd argue with him and stuff. But they always got back together after their little spats and stuff. You know, they were known to have a love-hate relationship. Oh, God. Their little setup sounded kind of nice at first, and then now it doesn't sound so great. Yeah, it sounds like they made it through that one hurdle, and then we're like, I'm going to stay with you because we made it through this hurdle, but I hate you. Yeah. Do you know what I've seen? Yeah. (laughs) I've seen things. The other one's like, yeah, I was here. (laughs) I, too, saw them. I saw you flash your titties (laughs) at the police officers. 
to Officer Watt. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, fucking guy. So they were evicted from their apartment in September of 2006, but they stayed together and they moved into a room above a locally renowned voodoo spiritual temple. Oh, shit. Yeah. And as you can imagine, that's when shit got real. I'm so excited right now. (laughs) (laughs) On October 5th, 2006, they got into another really loud argument and Addie threatened to kick Zach out of the apartment. Mm -hmm. But according to witnesses, it was no more heated than usual. And so they were like, yeah, that's just... Just Wednesday. (laughs) Just what they do. And they assumed that they would make up per usual. Yeah. I guess it was bad enough that he even talked to his landlord and was like... Man, this bitch, right? Like, uh, and they were like, ah, this just, is it. <laughs> I'm done. Yeah. This is the time. And uh, the landlord was like, just try to work it out, man. Like, you guys will be fine. You love her. Yeah. Which I think that I've told more people in my life to break up with other people. Yeah. Like, like yeah, you guys, that was bad. Yeah. All the time. Like, you had a fight? Fucking break up. Why Hate are you her. with them? <laughs> Fuck them. And they're like, well, we're married. And I'm like, all right. <laughs> I, well, I mean, like, try to make <laughs> it work, I guess. Whatever. Do you, though. Whatever makes you happy. Don't settle. You don't need to settle. Break up. <laughs> he just ate a bite off my burrito. <laughs> like, I know. Those are grounds for breakup. <laughs> <laughs> so then Zach was seen around town at his usual bar. He was drinking, he was happy, and he was in high spirits. Ooh, he was living the single life, huh? Mm-hmm. He appeared to be spending more money than usual, but other than that, nothing was out of the ordinary. Everyone was just like, yeah, that's Uh-oh. normal. Mm-hmm. October 16th, 2006, he went out with friends. Everything was normal. Uh huh. October 17th, 2006, he went to the Omni Hotel where he jumped off the roof. <gasps> what? He did. Later, he was seen by security cameras to have been up on the roof for a while, like drinking and pacing back and forth and like checking his watch and <gasps> going over to the edge and then looking over and then coming back and being ah. like, oh, not yet. And so just kind of hemming and hawing up there. Was he like looking for the perfect time? Or do uh. you think he was like building up the guts? Um, they think he was building up the guts, Okay, I think. Looking at the watch thing threw me off. Yeah. Well, like, that no, might come into play yet. later. Keep that okay. in mind. Keeping it. Keeping it. Putting it in my pocket. <laughs> but then he pitched himself over the edge, and, like, he, it's on camera, so there's no <sighs> disputing it kind of thing. Can we address the fact if anybody was standing on the ground around there? Like, can you imagine standing and then just, poop somebody? No. no, that sounds fucking And awful. then you have to see that. Imagine being sprayed with people. <laughs> no, that is one substance I hope to never be sprayed by. <laughs> <laughs> That's called a bad day. <laughs> Terrible day. So in his pocket, they found a note inside of a baggie. Oh. In the note, it had directions to his apartment and a confession to murder. What? Of his girlfriend. <gasps> Stop it. He said in the note, I killed her at 1 a.m. Thursday, October 5th. I very calmly strangled her. It was very quick. Ew. Come on. We don't need the adjectives. Calmly. First of all, I feel like it was not. Calm. If you're stating that it was calm and quick, like, <laughs> like no, no, no. She didn't suffer. It was fine. What? No. Yeah. You're stupid. It's like the Why moment. It's like the moment you say, some, like, this is waterproof mascara, and you're like, it's not fucking waterproof. Yeah. <laughs> it's the opposite of that. <laughs> you're really pitching it hard, man. <laughs> Exactly. You want me to believe a thing so bad? No. Yeah, get out of here with that. So keep in mind, he said that he killed her on October 5th. This was October 17th. Yeah. The note also stated that his death was not an accident. What? It was addressed to the police and that he had to pay for the life he took with his own life. Oh, okay. I was thinking like, I don't know why I thought accident as suicide. And I was like, what? What does he mean? That explains my oh, irrational oh, oh. what. So here's a little ditty from the note. Oh, Wait. that wasn't all of it. Oh, no, no. Oh, okay. Here's my dramatic reading. Oh, it's I love not these. all of it, but it's some of it. You'll find the dismembered corpse of my girlfriend, Addie, in the oven, on the <gasps> stove, and in the fridge, and a full signed confession from myself, Zach Bowen. What the fuck? I scared myself, not by the action of calmly strangling the woman I've loved for one and a half years, and then desecrating her body, but by my entire lack of remorse. What the fuck? I've known forever how horrible of a person I am ask anyone ew it says that yeah (laughs) (laughs) what well he had also been in uh the military overseas oh so so he had like seen some shit yeah (laughs) and so people were like 
Yeah, I mean, he talked about, like, some of the, like, horrors of war and stuff, uh, but... Yeah, uh, that'll fuck you up. Yeah, that's not good. So that's the Ask Anyone. Okay. And decided to quit my jobs and spend the $1,500 cash I had being happy until I killed myself. So that's what I did. Good food, good drugs, good strippers, good friends, and any loose ends I might have had. I didn't contact any of my family, so that'll explain the shock, and had a fantastic time living out my days. It's just about time now. Ew, that's creepy. So creepy. I don't like it. Yeah. Ah, why did he kill her? So. Questions. (laughs) Also, it for sure wasn't a calm strangle. Oh, no. He mentions it twice. Yeah. His body had cigarette burns, which he had accounted for in his letter as self-punishment. He had 28 cigarette burns along his arms, I believe. The fuck? um, For the 28 years of his life. Oh, God, this guy gets real poetic. Yeah, real deep. The police go to his address, and they use the key that he had in his pocket that he also said in the note, like, don't worry. Check my pocket. Yeah, check my pocket for the key, and then, like, call this random fucking guy, and he'll let you in. And I was like, my God, this is like a puzzle. Yeah, right? So, well, it's above a fucking voodoo shop, too. Oh, yeah. So the police go to the address, and they find spray-painted on the walls. Oh, my God. Please call my wife. I love her. I'm a total failure. Look in the oven. Please help me stop the pain. Call my wife? Isn't she in the oven? No, his wife. They said he's separated from his wife. Oh, this is just oh, his oh, oh, you're right. Okay. His wife was the stripper girl. Oh. Yeah. Why did he spray-paint that? I don't know, but I was thinking. You had a note. Leave it in the note. First of all. I couldn't fit all of that on a wall in spray paint. That's a big paragraph. Maybe it was a big wall. Yeah. I saw a couple pictures, but it wasn't the full thing. It was just like snippets of it. (gasps) And it looked big. Like you would imagine spray painting lettering to be. Yeah. Yeah. But like, Jesus. Okay, wait. Now I'm putting myself in the mind of the police. Like, okay, let's say you and I are on this call together and we got to go in there. Yeah. And I'm like, hey, Aaron, stay here for a second. I'm Mm going to run up and check out what this thing's all about. First of all, I would always have your six, and I'd be right up there with you. Okay, thank God, because I'm just thinking, even with you in there, though, I'd be like, can you put your back to my back at all times? Like, <laughs> I don't want to be in here alone, Yeah, and I don't even want to be in here with you in here, and for sure something's going to jump out at me. And that turn just, on all the lights. All the fucking lights need to be on now, and we need to check all the little cracks and crevices before mm-hmm. we go look in that oven. Can you imagine the anticipation of opening that oven? Um. Also... She's in the oven, on the stove, and in the fridge. Okay, on the stove. Do you think the lid's on the pot? Oh, you'll find out. You know you and I would be like, one, two, three, one, two, three, one, two, three. Who's going to open it? Just who's going to open it? Do it, do it, do it, do it. And then I'd be like, I'll do it. Ah! And then we'll scream. <laughs> <laughs> and this is why we're not detectives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad we worked that out. <laughs> so, speaking of walking into this scene, there were two pots in the kitchen, one with Addie's head and one oh! with my god i didn't see that coming (laughs) you didn't (laughs) he just talked about it and not like her head on the stove oh yeah in a pot um one with her hands and feet yeah why well there were some oven trays with her dismembered arms and legs what the fuck cooked no yes when they walked in did it smell like cooked food I don't think there was an account of anyone's smell. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody cooking pork. But we can only speculate. Oh, my God. In the note, I guess he had also addressed that, and he said that he had cooked them, quote, to separate the meat from the bone. And then he was like, eh, I think I'm done here. Well, Could you separate the meat, please? There's differing accounts on whether or not he ate part of it, because they <gasps> said it looked like a Christmas ham when you pick it apart off the bone. Like, one of the legs looked like that. Stop it. But there's Stop other there's it. other accounts where they were like, there's absolutely no way that he ate it. And also, before you get too excited, he was not found with any human flesh in his stomach at the time of his death. However, that was, what? Days later. 12 days later. Yeah. He could have pooped it out because that's how digestion works. But <laughs> we went over that in a previous episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I'm not going to be able to eat a Christmas ham. <laughs> that's my bigger concern here. Oh, my God. Yeah. Did he, like, season it why do i need to know this yes he did so differing accounts again but they said that some parts were seasoned and partially eaten some said they were burned like to a crisp like really charred and some said they had been prepared with carrots and potatoes the fuck so imagine that with your christmas ham okay that's weird the torso was in a plastic bag stuffed in the fridge not yet cooked or anything the whole torso yeah like it wasn't chopped up in little bits nope it's the whole torso how a plastic bag like a trash bag 
I imagine it was like a trash bag. Okay. I don't know why I always get hung up on the type of bags your murderers are using. <laughs> glad. <laughs> always glad. I think my, my my thought process is always like, what is the size of the chunk of human we're talking about? Yeah. <laughs> Her I whole mean, torso. I could, you could fit a torso in a fridge. Yeah, you could, which is very disturbing to think about. Yeah. It's like a turkey. Oh my god, this has to be so much work. This is all I think about. All your dismembered things. It's like so much work to dismember. I can't even fucking debone a chicken breast. <laughs> I've done a lot of dismembering things, haven't I? Yeah, yeah, I'm a little concerned. It's <laughs> <laughs> not how I search for my <laughs> So, some reports said that he had sexually assaulted the corpse before cutting it up. And How would in- they know if they were, like, dating? I don't know. Okay. But his note also said... I sexually assaulted the corpse. <laughs> <laughs> well, he said, and then desecrating her body, but... Oh, that's true. I but chopping take, it up is pretty... I think I would call that dismembering. That's true. Not desecrating. I mean, I guess it's desecrating. Was it a handwritten note? Maybe yes. he was typing it in autocorrect. I want to <laughs> <laughs> say it was handwritten, but I don't know that for a fact. Okay. So, according to the police, Zach strangled Addie in the bathtub. Like, they're trying to piece together the fucking crime scene and stuff. Yeah. Zach strangled Addie in the bathtub before dismembering her with a knife and a handsaw. Jesus Christ, it's always a handsaw. Yeah. He cleaned the bathroom and set the thermostat to 60 degrees to delay decomposition of the body. Okay, so the main theory is that he was, like haunted by his time in the military and like flashback type stuff and that kind of thing yeah that's what i was kind of thinking like ptsd got him yeah i guess he had spent time in kosovo and iraq so it was like a really combat seen some shit yeah torn place at the time many friends and acquaintances though they can't believe that they're like they couldn't associate him with doing something so horrendous because they said he was very like mild-mannered yeah Maybe he was doing, like, bath salts. He said drugs. That should make you eat a face off. Yeah. The drugs that were mentioned were, like, cocaine, though. Mm. But maybe. <laughs> maybe. You know. <laughs> seen weirder stuff. <laughs> yes, we have. Locals, however. Oh, my gosh. Yes. Believe that it has more to do with actual demons than personal ones. Oy, that creeps me out. Zing. I don't like demons. Yeah, since moving above the voodoo shop is when their arguments escalated a shit ton, and some believe that Zach was possessed by a demon or dark magic Ugh. to do that and then go kill himself. Oh my god. Either way. Do you think they float up? Demons? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, like hot air rises, demons probably rise. <laughs> <laughs> well, all right. That's a solid theory. I can't fight it. <laughs> Listen, I know my way around a, a demon theory? I don't. <laughs> oh, Demonology. that's creepy. Either way, the place is said to be haunted as fuck. I'm sure. And people would hear moaning or the feeling of being touched. Nope. Don't there touch was, me. There was an intense feeling of dread, and Ugh. it repels those who get close to it Ugh. or who get too close. What? With the dread? Yeah. So I assume Ugh. that it's just like, you're like, I don't want to be here. I don't like it. Fuck this and place. And I'm out. out. Yeah. Yeah. But... The voodoo temple was destroyed by a fire in 2016 and has since been demolished completely. Oh, wow. Yep. When did he die? 2006? Oh, okay. Yeah. October Dang, 17th. so only a year after their, like, Katrina hit, right? That was, like, 2005? Yeah. Wow, that happened fast. Yeah. Well, I mean, it probably feels like a long time if you're possessed by demons. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> a year is an awful long time to be possessed. Yeah. That's fucking weird. Isn't that weird? That's so weird. What do you think it was? I think he took the wrong drug and went crazy. Oh. And I think they were in, like, a toxic relationship. I mean, maybe the voodoo lady was doing some shit downstairs. I have a harder time believing that it was, like, a possession by demons. Like, I definitely believe in, like, negative energy and all that. So maybe that, like, played into it. Mm -hmm. If the voodoo house had negative energy. Are they always negative energy? I don't know. I, I can't imagine so. Yeah, I'm kind of open to that sort of stuff, so it doesn't... I think to me, just, when I hear voodoo, I hear I don't think of negative. I think it's, of shrunken heads and beads. Yeah, I think of that too, but I think of more like... And like, like a Creole old woman. Yeah, and she's like, let me tell you your future. Come, child. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I don't think of like, let me put this hex on somebody. I guess you have voodoo dolls. Yeah. So that's a thing. I get where the negative connotation comes from, but I feel like that's more like exploited in media than what it really is and i have nothing to base this off of i've never once been to a voodoo shop so i have no idea and i've never researched it yeah so maybe there's a lot of negative 
I really want to go to New Orleans, though. Yeah, uh, me too. That sounds awesome. I would love to go to a voodoo shop. Yes. But I don't want to get possessed or kill anybody. Or we just won't like live above one. Yeah. No, that sounds like an awful idea. But also, I def- pictures of the place, super creepy looking. Well, yeah, but I definitely think it was, like, drug-induced or alcohol-induced or something. And yeah. then maybe a flashback of PTSD, and then he just fucking went crazy and did some shit. Just got a little out of hand. Yeah, because even friends saying, like, that I don't see him doing that, that's the whole thing behind PTSD. Yeah. Just like Is you it's don't. A snap. Yeah. <sighs> well, those were really good ones this yeah. week. This one's one of my favorites so far. Yeah. That was I really that was liked good. it. I don't like your barrel fucking thing though. Isn't that weird. It stuck with me. Like I'm not creeped out to where I can't sleep, but it's just like, what? Right? Yeah. Like why? Why? Also, you always pick ones where the police officers are like, nope, it was a suicide. And it's like, sir, he was decapitated. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, right. He did not cut his own head off. Yeah. And <laughs> mine are always the ones that are like dismembered and I know. It's shit weird like that. how we pick them. Yeah. I don't, like, try to find them like that. I don't either. I just searched for voodoo because I was like, let's find some magical shit. That's fun. Yeah. Well. So we have a couple of shout-outs to give. Woo-hoo. First on Twitter, I wanted to, uh, just me, I wanted to. <laughs> we wanted to thank Jasmine Root for the love. She gave our podcast a try and she enjoys it. Yay. So Welcome. <laughs> also, we have some iTunes reviews from Jess Lynch. And she gave us a 10 out of 10. I'm going to guess, you know, stars or thumbs up. And Alexis. Alexis. Hey, girl. Hey. Hey. That's my good friend and also ex-coworker, but she's pretty fucking great. Probably our number one fan, and we fucking love her. We love you. We love you. Say hi to Bailey. Thanks for listening to us and forcing others to listen. Yeah. Girl, I appreciate you. <laughs> also a shout out to Deathabetic, aka Mike, another one of our friends. Yeah. <laughs> Apparently our friends still think we're funny. <laughs> Yay, we love you guys. Thanks for all the love and support. So everybody remember go leave us an iTunes review so that you can be entered into the contest to win the that creepy crate. Yeah. You have until November thirtieth. Well, anybody who has already left us a review is automatically entered. So don't feel like you have to, like, oh, no, I already did or whatever. Yeah, you're not missing out. And also, guys, we're going to keep doing these kind of contests. So if you just leave a review once, then you're going to be automatically entered for all the future ones, too. Truth. Hard truth. Preach. So, Erin, you want to tell everyone where they can find us? Oh, I do. (laughs) Okay, here we go. So. You can find us at our website, isgdpodcast.com. You can email us at isgdpodcast at gmail.com. You can tweet at us at isgdpodcast. You can find us on Facebook. Guess where? isgdpodcast. Mailed it. <laughs> also, we want to mail you guys some Christmas cards. or oh, yeah. We want to mail you guys some holiday cards. So email us your mailing address, and we'll put you on the list, and we'll be sure to send those out. And you guys can send us some holiday cards. Yeah. If you want to add us to your list because we want them from you. We'll put them everywhere. I will nail them to the walls. Yeah, they'll be part of our little recording room. Yeah. So we can pull inspiration from them daily. (laughs) Actually, the true story is Erin went to go get a P.O. box and she didn't have all the information she needed. So she's going back on Monday. (laughs) That's true. I'm going on Monday because it turns out my registration's expired and it was sitting on my counter still. And apparently you need that for some reason. That is really weird. (laughs) Anyway, so by the time you guys listen to this, we'll have the P.O. box up on the website. So mail us some love mail also we got another goddamn i'm so excited so i mean if you guys are still interested in that we're still interested in that send us your goddamn yes please we got one coming at you here from kevin i said goddamn (laughs) (laughs) was that hank hill himself i just straight snorted into the mic let's hear it again I said, God damn. (laughs) That's awesome. Kevin, you're awesome. Thanks, Kevin. (laughs) Yeah, you guys, it's easy. Just record yourself on your phone saying, God damn. Email it to us. Fucking tweet it to us. However you want to get it to us. It's not any kind of formal format. Yep. Real official, like. Yep. Nothing too fancy here. Well, thanks for listening. We love you guys. Catch you next week. Later, losers. Bye. Sayonara. Deuces. Later. And if you're all caught up on our podcast, stick around for this promo from one of our favorites.
friends tired of hearing you talk about serial killers? While you're at a dinner party, have you randomly blurted out the odds of being murdered by a complete stranger? Does Netflix only recommend documentaries on true crime and murder? If you've answered yes to one or more of these questions, come over and sit at our friends table. I'm Cam. And I'm Jen. And we are the co-host of our true crime podcast. And you can listen to us every Wednesday wherever you download your podcasts. See you on Wednesday. Oh, bye-bye. Love ya. 